is rapture in the Bible. So today I'll be answering that question. Is rapture in the Bible? It is a very important question that we must answer. And I'm sure some of you have met quite a lot of people uh, that have talked about uh, whether rapture is in the Bible or not. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We're hearing. Are you hearing me? Yes, we're hearing. I can give you so many examples that you know, people argue about rapture. I'm referring to a conversation someone was sending me that was on the, I think, 18th of July, just last month. And this person was telling me that rapture is not in the Bible and he doesn't even understand why we Christians, we jump up and down about rapture because rapture is not even in the Bible. So they did a search in the scriptures and they found that the word rapture does not even exist in the Bible. And yet Christians talk about rapture, whether there's indeed a rapture or there's no rapture, you know. So that was the conversation he was trying to pick a fight with me. So I just laughed because I didn't have time for that kind of ignorance, you know. <laughs> now sometimes a prophet picks his fights very carefully. All right? I don't just jump up and down. So I just laughed. I was, I'm like, ah, I don't have time for that kind of ignorance. You know, because the thing is, people don't understand and they don't do the research to inform themselves. So they just run around with something that they haven't even researched. They've just heard it from someone. They start running around with it. And they begin preachers of ignorance. They begin to preach the ignorance which is in them before they have done a study to inform themselves of what they are talking about. So today we're going to try to handle this question, is rapture in the Bible? So, my answer in short, and after that I'll be closing the service. My answer in short, rapture is not in the English Bible. Aha, now you've heard me. The word rapture is not in the what? English Bible, because that word rapture is not an English word. The root of that word rapture is not English. Okay? The word rapture is not an English word. So I think it is so unfair, very, very unfair, trying to find in an English word, in an English Bible. Is that making sense? It's like me trying to find a word which is in my mother tongue, in my mother tongue's Bible, and then trying to find it in the English Bible. I think it's so unfair. Very, very unfair. Rapture is not an English word. Its root is not English. It has never been English. But we try to make it sound English, and we use it in the English language, but it's not originally an English word. It is a borrowed word from a different language. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, yes, we're hearing. It is a borrowed word from a different what? Language. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Yes, we're hearing. You are here? We're here. Okay. 
Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. I love the Apostle Paul. I think in this, in this month I've looked at several statements which have started in the same way. He says, I, but I would not have you to be ignorant. I don't want you. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. So what is the backdrop? The backdrop is the Apostle Paul planted the church in Thessalonica. And there he left a lot of believers who were believers in the Messiah. And over time, some of those brothers and sisters had passed on, they had passed away, and they were buried. And then the church began to get worried a lot that these brothers and sisters have died, and therefore, when rapture comes, they will miss rapture. Okay? They will not be raptured. They will miss the coming of the Lord because they are dead. So the Apostle Paul writes a letter to them to correct their doctrinal understanding of the process of rapture. So it says, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant, okay, concerning those who have fallen asleep in the Lord. In other words, those who have died in Christ. Okay? Now, the next verse, verse number 14, he says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even if so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So here he brings a concept which is so important for us, that the Resurrection of Jesus is a guarantee of our own resurrections. Mm, 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 you are not hearing me. The fact that Jesus resurrected, it is a guarantee that you, the believer in Jesus Christ, will also what? Be resurrected. It is a guarantee. Okay? If Jesus had just died, paid for your sins, and that's it, without a resurrection, then your only resurrection would have been a suspect as well. But Jesus died and he rose again, which is proof that you shall also what? Resurrect. Verse number 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. So it says, I'm telling these things by revelation. Someone say revelation. Revelation. Now I want you to begin to know where we are coming from that I talked about Ephesians chapter 3 in the prophecy of Daniel, that um, in that gap, in that interval, there was a church. But that church was not revealed to anybody in the Old Testament. It wasn't revealed to anybody even when Jesus was on earth. He spoke to the disciples. He said, there are so many things I can tell you, but you can't bear them now. But when the Holy Ghost is come, he shall show you all truth. He shall guide you into all truth. He shall show you things to come. And when the Apostle Paul came, according to Ephesians chapter number 3, okay, uh, Ephesians chapter number 3, says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, what? how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. 
which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his other apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same board and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. And to me, whom I'm less than the least of us, since this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principality and the powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Someone say, Wow. wow. This is amazing. Can you see now? That when we talk about the church, it's a mystery. Nobody knew about it. It was hidden in God from the beginning of the world. And it was revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit. So apostle Paul says, I have knowledge. I have some information which you will not find anywhere. You will not find it in the Old Testament. You will not find it with the other 11 apostles or 12 apostles calls himself apostle number 13. Alright, I'll leave that for another day. You will not find it with the Peter, you will not find it with the James, you will not find it with the John. Nobody has this revelation, it was revealed unto me. So, I know some things about the church era. I know some things about the child of God. I know some things about the born again Christian, which nobody knows. That's why when you are reading your Bible, you are going to pick up something that when Peter is writing the gospel, he throws some things there which are very Jewish. Hmm. You are not hearing me. When James is writing the gospel, he throws things which are very Jewish. But when the apostle Paul is writing the gospel, he comes from purely a church age gospel. It is the grace. It is a special grace. And you see people like the Seventh Day Adventist, they hate apostle Paul because he messes their theology. <laughs> ah, the messianic Jews, the Jews who are born again, are you hearing me? But they still follow the law of Moses. They are called messianic Jews. They hate Apostle Paul because Apostle Paul messes their theology big time. Are you hearing me? Because they want to follow Peter. They want to follow the gospel of Peter that, okay, yeah, 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 you can be born again and believe in the Messiah, but still follow the law of Moses. But when the apostle appears on the scene, he says, no, 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 you are born again. Forget about the law. Forget about the law of Moses. There's nothing like a Sabbath. There's nothing like a holy moon. There's like a new, nothing like a new moon. There's nothing like a Hanukkah. There's nothing like this holiday or that holiday. No! You are born again. You are free from all that. Just enjoy your life in Christ. That's why the Messianic Jews, they hate Apostle Paul. That's why the Seventh-day Adventist, they hate Apostle Paul. Why? Because Apostle Paul had a special dispensation. Someone said dispensation. dispensation. It was a special dispensation. A revelation given to him about the gap which we find in the prophecy of Daniel. Between the 69th week and the 70th week, there was that gap there, which is the church age. Now, in that church age, the Apostle Paul reveals that this thing has been hidden in God. Now, imagine God is mysterious. You can't see him. You can't understand him. It's his, his knowledge is just beyond finding out. He's mysterious. And yet in him, there are things which are also hidden. 
Ah, you are not hearing me. This thing is hidden in a God who is already mysterious. So you can imagine that it's a double, triple, quadruple hiding of something in something that you can't even see with your eyes. So the Holy Ghost had to reveal this secret to Apostle Paul about the church. About the church age. He's, he calls it a dispensation of the grace of God. I don't know whether you're hearing oh, me. Yes. It's a special dispensation. So when I'm looking at you, I don't know what you think about yourself. But I think you are, oh my goodness, living in the most celebrated era of all God's creation. You. Someone say me. Me. Say me. me. This is the most celebrated era in all of God's creation. There's never been a day that was better than today. There's never been a season that was better than this season. There's never been an era that was better than this era. You are living in God's best era, the era of the grace of God. Someone say yes. Yes. So, the apostle Paul says, because I understand the dispensation, I also have access to some knowledge. Okay, now we are back to First uh, Thessalonians chapter Chapter 4, verse number 15 says what? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. In other words, this is by revelation. It's not something that you're going to find anybody talk about it. Nobody is talking about this thing that the Apostle Paul is talking about here. He says, I know this thing by revelation, the word of the Lord. That we should, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Ah, Shall not prevent them which are what? Asleep. In other words, listen, don't be worried about your brothers and your sisters who have died. These people are born again. Now they are passed on. They are dead. Listen, he says, when the Lord shall be coming, okay, the experience of the newness of life shall start with those who are asleep and then us who are what? Still alive. Verse number 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Ah, now let's, let me write some things for you here. Let me write some things for you. Okay. I hope the camera can see is rupture in the Bible. That is our topic. Okay. So the apostle Paul says what? He says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangel. So we see the Lord shall what? Descend with a shout. Okay, number two, with the voice of who? An angel. Uh -huh. Number three, what is number three? And with the trump of God. They're not talking about Donald Trump. Eh? <laughs> trump of God. All right. And then the dead in Christ. Number four. The dead in 
شام شوات رائز فست Are we together so far? Yes, we're together. All right. So the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we. That's point number five. Then we, which are alive, what will happen to us? Shall be. which are alive and remain shall be shall be what god is that the spelling of god up the spelling is a suspect god up okay shall be caught up together with them in the what clouds shall be caught up together them in the clouds shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord okay Number six, meeting place. Where's the meeting place? Where's the meeting place? In the air. Air. All right. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Number seven. Ever be with there lord ever be never to be separated again from the lord okay wherefore comfort ye one another with these words so the question that we have today is is rapture in the bible is rapture in the bible Now this question is very important because people jump up and down thinking about you no know, whether rapture is in the bible rapture is not in the bible um which is a, a shame you know because they haven't done their study they haven't done their homework they haven't done their homework all right I don't know whether you're still here or I've lost you somewhere. Yeah, we're still here. Mm-hmm. You're following? Yes. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. All right. So the Lord shall descend with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up and we shall meet the lord in the air and we shall be with the lord forever and ever so the word in equation is this one caught up 
Are we together so far? Oh yeah, we're together. Okay. Now, caught up. Caught up. Caught up. Someone say caught up. Caught up. One more time. Say caught up. Caught up. All right. Just speak. Just speak in tongues for a moment. Just begin to pray. Just speak in tongues for a moment. in Jesus name we pray Amen. where's my daughter Sonia Keton is she in the zoom Sonia Keton is Sonia Keton in the zoom if you are there identify yourself is she there no alright just wave if you are there Sonia Keton so we can identify you. No? All right. It's all right. We'll continue. Now, someone say now. Now. The word that we want to zero in now and focus is this word, caught up. That word caught up, um, if we look at it in Greek, okay? If we look at that word in Greek, <laughs> I don't know whether you're hearing me or I've lost you somewhere. Yeah, we're here. Teach us. It's the word hapazo. Someone say hapazo. Hapazo. H A R P A Z O. Harpazo. Okay. It's a word what? Harpazo. And English is what? Caught up. Greek is what? Hapazo. Now, I want you to give me the Bible in Latin. I sent you, uh, I sent to James a, a, a page of that passage. I hope you have it. Yes, very good. So that's First Thessalonians chapter verses 13 to 18. But I want us to look at only verse number what? 17. Someone say verse 17. Verse Do you have anyone who knows how to read Latin? Can you ask those people on Zoom? Anybody who knows how to read Latin, just wave before I read for you in my mother tongue. Anybody who knows how to read Latin? Is there someone? Is that Toomba? <laughs> Anybody who knows how to read Latin, Johnny, Johnny Costi, do you know how to read Latin? <laughs> nah? All right. Okay, so we are challenged on Latin. Let me give it a go. Give me back the scripture. Watch this. That word caught up in English, Greek is what? Hapazo. Latin. Latin is what? Ra pe 
nar ara a p b i e m m u u r r someone say rapema rapema whatever your mother told you is right because if you come from a different mother they told you rapimi rapiemo rapiemo but if you come from tonga that's rapima <laughs> that's rapima <laughs> shortcut <laughs> All right. So, we are in agreement that in the Bible, according to First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17, we find the word caught caught, caught what? Caught up, which in Greek is what? Hapazo, which in Latin So, this is Greek, this is English, and this is what? Latin. Latin rapiema. Okay. So they have translated the same concept kapazo in English caught up in Latin rapiema. Now, when you hear the word rapture, the word rapture. Now, now now you are hearing what I'm talking about. When you hear the word rapture, it is coming from this root here. I don't know whether you are hearing me yes, at all. Yes, we're hearing. Because the Bible you need to understand the history of the Bible. Okay? The history of the Bible. That the Bible this new testament that you are dealing with now okay was actually written in greek am i right it was written in greek yes but the very first translations they went into what into latin so there are some terms that were made popular in those days when the reading was only in the latin language because the bible does not enter english until the days of tyndale until the days of martin luther i don't know whether you're hearing me until the days of kevin these are the guys who started to interpret the bible into english and it was punishable by death there's a guy called tyndale the guy died he was killed for translating the bible into english because they thought the bible was too holy to be in english english was thought to be very very unholy language my mother tongue was even more holier than english I'm just joking. <laughs> But they thought the Bible has to be in Latin, read in Latin and taught in Latin. That's why some churches even up today they read it in Latin. Uh, you are not hearing what I'm talking about. Yes. All their sermons are in which Latin. When you go to their Bible colleges they still teach what? Latin because they don't believe in English. <laughs> but you see we go deeper than english we go back to the greek in which it was written the apostle paul wrote the scriptures in greek he didn't even write them in hebrew he wrote them what in greek and now you need to understand the politics of language that even jesus himself he wasn't preaching in hebrew jesus was preaching in aramaic so the bible you read yourself you need to think carefully because he was preaching in aramaic but the writers they wrote it in greek you are not hearing me oh, wow. are you following me yes so don't be caught up with the stupid arguments the word rapture is not in the bible what are you talking about which bible are you referring to 
you want a rapture which is latin to appear in your mother tongue <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense rapture is coming from the latin rapnia rapnia is the concept of being caught up are you hearing me Yes. So English has picked up the sense behind it. Instead of using the word caught up, caught up, caught up, we say ah, something just ruptured it. We are taking the language from where? From Latin here. And then we make it sound English. And we explain it as a concept. Rupture as a concept, as an act. Rupture. Okay? And what does it mean to be caught up? Hapazo. I don't know whether you're hearing me at all. Yes, yes. Are you following me? We're following. Hapazo means to seize. To seize. Is that making sense? Yes. Hapazo means to catch away. Catch away or catch up. Hapazo means to pluck. What does it mean to pluck? I've got my son there as an English speaker. What does it mean to pluck? means to pull out means to pull out right hapato means to pull it also means to take by force someone said take by force take by force all right so hapato in its original greek means to seize it means to catch or catch up it means to pluck it means to pull it means to take by force so when the bible says we which are alive and remain shall be what caught up which one is that this one here catch away they could have used shall be what seized or shall be what plucked or shall be pulled or shall be what taken by force we which are alive. So the picture which the Bible is giving you here. Can you turn this thing for me now? Are you learning something? Oh yes. Alright. So the Bible says Christ shall appear in the air. Alright. There Christ appears. Here are people. Don't worry about my art. Okay. It's looking good. It's looking good, Papa. It's looking good. Thank you, son, for encouraging me. <laughs> I know some of my daughters are very artistic. They are almost falling off their chairs now. Come on, prophet, you can do better than that. <laughs> All right. So the Bible says, Christ shall appear in the air. And then it tells us the list of things here shall accompany sounds, shall be trump, shall be archangel, oh, shall be all this noise. Then the Bible says, we've got a group of people which are alive here, and then we've got another group of people which are asleep. These guys are in cemeteries. Don't worry about my pictures, okay? I hope you get the idea. That's their headstone there. Okay. That's the cemetery here. <laughs> These guys here are alive. 
Alright. So the Bible says, when Christ appears here in the air, not in Jerusalem, not in Australia, but where? In the air. In the air. Very, very important. Very, very important. Then the Bible says what? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, the, the Christ has descended from heaven, but he doesn't touch the land. Are you following me so far? He doesn't what? Touch the land. He has just descended to a certain height. Then the Bible says, these which are dead shall, uh-huh, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. They shall come out of their graves and they shall depart. They shall be snatched. They shall be caught. Uh-huh. They shall be caught by the power of Christ. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. So then us also here which remain uh-huh. shall be what? Caught up. Caught up. Good. So in other words, there's a power which is coming from Christ. Mm, you're not hearing me. Wow. There is a power coming from whom? Christ. From Christ. And this power causes people to lift off the ground. To lift off the graves. There's a power which is being emitted by Christ. And this is power, this power is like the power of a magnet. Magnetic force, but greater than a magnet. It pulls people pew, to meet Christ in the air. And the Bible closes the chapter by saying, so shall we be with the Lord forever. Are <laughs> we together so far? Oh yeah. Alright, so we find that um, the word rapture does not appear in the English Bible because rapture is not what? English. Rapture is Latin. So it is a wrong question to ask whether the word you know, rapture appears in the Bible. No, that's the wrong question. The right question is, does the word rapture appear in the English Bible? That's the right question. The answer is no. There's no rapture in the English Bible. Because rapture is in the what? Latin Bible. But in the English, the word used is what? Caught up. Are we together so far? We're together. What is the word used? Caught up. And you see, it's not, it's not the first time that the word caught up is used in the Bible. The word caught up has been used many, many, many times in the Bible. Let me give you just a few examples of where that word is used. Okay? Are you ready for this? We're ready. Oh, I'm speaking to myself. Uh, we're ready and we're listening. Okay, in Acts chapter 8, verse number 39. Acts 8, 39. Acts chapter 8, verse 39. Can someone read for me? One, two, three, go. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the 
eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. So when they come out of the water, the spirit of God, what did the spirit of God do? It caught away. Someone say caught away. Caught away. Is this one of the meanings of hapazo? Yes. I think there's someone who can read Latin on Zoom. Is that correct? Sonia. Which is which Sonia is that who can read the Latin? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes, Papa. Hey, my daughter, thank you for coming to my yes. rescue. <laughs> That's all right. The Greek word, by the way, is arpazo. Harra. We are missing arpazo. the arra. Yes, harrapazo. Excellent. Harrapazo. Thank you so much for that. Now, there was that Latin. You saw the Latin, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you have it back on screen? Okay. Can you read I verse number 17 for me? Okay. Let me see it on my laptop. It doesn't show yet. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Uh, where do you want me to read it from? Okay. Read the... Uh, yeah. Which one? Where do you want me to start from? Read it 14 to 17. Okay. 14 to 17. See an incredimus quod lesus mortus este resurrexit ita duos eos qui dominium pelesum adacet cum uno. Uh, 4.15. Hoc enim vobis dissimus in verbo domini quia nos qui vivimus qui residi sumus in aventum domini non prevenimius eos qui dominium. Uh, quoniam ipse dominius intusu uh, in voc uh, archangeli uh, in tuba dei descendant de caselo uh, mortui qui in Christo santu saruncen primi. De inde nos qui vivimus qui reliquinum simus repimium cum ilis in uh, nubibus obviam domino in ariam et sic semper cum domino erimus. Itaque consolamini in visum in verbis is this. But I can't interpret it. <laughs> no problem in any way. At least prophets can interpret what they can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I can only read it Domini Christo. Yes. Yeah. Those ones they sound like my mother tongue. That's all. Alright. So that word there. Rapi, Rapi, what is Rapi? How do you, how do you pronounce that? In verse 17? Uh, hold on. It's not Rap, up, Rapimia. Hold on, I just, I can't see it because I lost connection on my big screen and the, the other one is too little. Okay, I think it's Rapimia. You said Rapimia, something along those lines. Which is Harapazo in Greek, which is caught Harapazo. away. In English, someone say power. Power. Say power. Power. All right. So, can I continue? Oh, yes. Are you learning something? We are learning. Or oh, I've lost you somewhere. No, we're hearing. You're hearing? Yes. 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 to 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 to 4. What is the time? My goodness. Time is gone. Jesus. <laughs> I have plenty of time. <laughs> wow. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 to 4. All right, I want us to read together. One, two, three, go. Uh, 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 Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 to 4. Do I still have Port Mosby? Port Mosby is still there? Okay. Power. All right. I want us to read the scripture together. One, two, three, go. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, such an one caught up to the third heaven. Such an one caught up. So that's second Corinthians chapter 12, 2 to 4. Such an one what? Caught up. Up to the third heaven. All right. Uh huh. Continue. And I knew. Uh huh. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Mm -hmm. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which. It is not lawful for a man to utter. So they have used that word caught up twice in those, in, those, in those three verses. So the concept of harpazo, harpazo, the concept of being caught away is not something that's, that's not there in the scripture. It is there. A guy called Philip experienced the same experience. Are you hearing me? In the book of Acts chapter what? 8.39. And Apostle Paul, he says, he knew a man in Christ 14 years ago. And that guy was caught up, okay, to the third heaven. And when he was caught up to the third heaven, he heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So the concept of harapazo is something that is there in the scripture. It is there. The caught away, the rapture, it is happening in the scripture. It is there. It's not something which is hidden. But now, that's not the point. I think now you know it's in the Bible. Remember, if I can't show you in the Bible, don't what? Don't take it. If I can't prove it to you in the scripture, don't take it. Okay. Let me give you one or two more and then I'm done. I'll move to something else. I receive. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 5. Revelation 12, verse 5. I receive. One, two, three, go. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up 
unto God and to his throne. Okay. And what? Her child was what? Caught up. 12 verse 5. Her child was caught up. So I think I have settled the question. Um, is rapture in the Bible? You need to rephrase the question for them. Tell them, point. You are out of order, sir. The right question is, is the word rapture in the Latin Bible? Or is the word rapture in the English Bible? If in the English Bible, then the answer is no. Because rapture is not an English word. It is what? A Latin word. It is found in the Latin Bible. Take them to the Latin Bible. They'll find it there. So here it is. Uh, uh-huh. So the concept of, of rapture itself, yes, it is there in the scripture. It is there in the Bible. Is something that we are looking forward to. Now, what is the purpose of rapture? How many do you want to give me? How many do you want me to give you? Because of time. How many do you want me to give you? Oh, give us a few, prophet. Number one. The purpose of rapture. Number one. Is to receive saints to himself as promised. Christ will receive saints to himself as promised. Where did he promise? John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3. Give me John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3. John chapter 14, 1 to 3. What does the Bible say? 1 to 3 go. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Okay. Number two. The second purpose for rapture is to resurrect the dead in Christ from among the wicked dead. Is that making sense? To what? Resurrect the dead in Christ from among the wicked dead. So in other words, here in the cemetery here, it's not only people who are born again who have been covered, who have been put in the cemetery. Even people who are not born again are also buried in the same what? Cemetery. But when Christ appears here, only people who are born again shall emerge from there. So the dead in Christ shall be resurrected from among the wicked dead. The wicked dead will remain there in the cemetery, but only the dead in Christ and the ones that will be resurrected and be caught up uh, to meet Christ in the air. So that's point number two. Are we together so far? Yes, we're together. Number three, to take saints to heaven to live in the new Jerusalem and receive rewards. Number three, to take saints to heaven uh-huh, to live. 
in the new Jerusalem. Aha, uh -huh. good. And to receive what? Rewards. Remember last week I talked about rewards, right? I'll give you only five. There are ten, but I'll give you only five. Number four, what is the purpose of rapture? To change bodies of saints to immortality. To change bodies of saints to immortality. I'll give you the verse, and that's where I will stop. Number five, to present saints before God. 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 Alright. So, number four, I've said to change the bodies of the saints to what? Immortality. Give me First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35 to 58. It's a long passage. I'll read for you. I'll be reading and then I'll be explaining as we're going along. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 to 58. That's the whole passage. And then I'm done. But some will say, how, will they, how are the dead raised up? With what body do they come? That's a very good question. Uh-huh. <laughs> Apostle Paul, come on, give us a better word. Thou fool. <laughs> the guy is ready to fight. Eh? <laughs> Thou fool. Huh? That which thou sowest is not quickened, except it what? Die. So some of you, you know how when you plant a seed, it doesn't come out the way you planted it. It first of all what? Dies. Is that correct? Yeah, it first of all dies. That which you planted stops to appear. It dies. Okay, so it says, hey, can't you understand from agriculture that when you sow a seed, number one, it must die first. Uh-huh. Next. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. Uh -huh. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. Uh -huh. All flesh is not the same. Uh, the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, and another flesh of beasts, and another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Two types of bodies. One is what? Celestial bodies. The second type of bodies is what? Terrestrial bodies. But the glory of celestial is one, and the glory of terrestrial is Another, I don't have time to start explaining those. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. 
So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So a person dies, you sow them in the ground. It is sown in what? Corruption. They rot and they become soil. Soil, 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 soil. You don't see anything else. But the Bible says when the resurrection power shall appear, that same soil shall be raised in in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. He can't breathe, he can't talk, it's just there, dry, dry body. Dishonor. It is raised in what? In glory. It is sown in what? Weakness. He can't fight, you can slap them. Boo! They will not fight you back. Weakness. It is raised in what? In power. Someone say power. Power. It is sown in natural body. Uh-huh. What do we put in the ground? A natural body. What shall come out? It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is what? A spiritual body. What you have today is a natural body. This, the body that you have today that you can pinch yourself is a natural body. But there is another body which is coming which is called what? A spiritual body. And so it is written. And so it is written. The first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made what? A quickening spirit. How bad that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is what? Spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, now today our bodies are earthy bodies. So we are, we are bearing the image of someone who is earthy, and that is the first Adam. Not in terms of sin, but in terms of the physical body. We've got a physical body, like the physical body of Adam that came from the earth. So it must go back to the earth. But on the day of resurrection, on this day that I'm teaching you here, when, the, when Christ shall appear with his magnetic force, the resurrection power. What is this magnetic force? I didn't give you its name. It's called the resurrection power. Someone say resurrection power. Resurrection power. That's why I told you the greatest power, the greatest power God has ever, ever exerted on earth is called the resurrection. Someone say resurrection power. Resurrection power. One more time, say resurrection power. Resurrection power. That's why the Apostle Paul is praying for the church in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse number 15. You remember that passage? Huh? Your yes is a suspect. I think you are not too sure what I'm talking about. There's a passage I love in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse what? 15. Wherefore, I also. After that, ahead of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Aha, uh -huh, right there. Can we read it together? One, two, three, go. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe 
according to the working of his mighty power. Aha, twenty. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So resurrection power, someone say resurrection power. Resurrection power. Is the greatest display of God's power. It's called resurrection power. The greatest display of God's power is not creation. The greatest display of God's power, it is the resurrection power. Ah, you are not hearing me. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? We are here. That's what the Apostle Paul is praying every single day. He says the church must be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. They must have a revelation of the resurrection power. Oh, my God. And I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. The Lord said, son, today I'm giving you a new anointing oil. I said, wow. So he gave me the formula. This is the formula. This, this is the formula. This is this anointing oil. This is the formula. So he gave me the formula in milliliters. This ingredient, this number. This ingredient, I will not tell you the numbers. Uh, you are suspect. <laughs> this, this, uh, uh-huh. so I wrote, I wrote, uh, I wrote. And then I put in a bottle. I put in a bottle. I'm telling you, I put in a bottle. And then one day, you know, my boys were coughing. I said, what kind of this, what kind of this nonsense in my house now? I said, come here. Just in the mouth. My goodness. The way they got healed from that cough. I'm telling you. From that cough. It disappeared faster than it appeared. I'm telling you. Someone said resurrection power. Resurrection power. Yeah, my son, you can tell me, you can, you can testify. When was that? I gave it to you when? I gave it to you on Wednesday. Your daughter had, had issues. You applied, she used the same oil the same Wednesday. By next day. <laughs> next day. I'm telling you. That oil is being made in Israel as I'm speaking now. It will be here probably next week. It's called the resurrection power. Someone say resurrection power. Resurrection power. All right. That's for another day. Okay. So this is the greatest display of God's power. Let me finish with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now we go to verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit in corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. Someone say mystery. Mystery. So resurrection is a mystery. Mm. Someone say, mm. we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. Now, remember where we are coming from? We talked about the coming of Christ. I think, he, can, can you turn this thing? Good. So, the Bible says that, you know, the Lord shall descend with a shout, with the voice of archangel, and the what? The trump of God. Now, here the Bible says what? In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, 
at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Oh, Madusta Katahaste. So there are two things happening. The dead are being raised incorruptible, and us who are still alive, the Bible says, shall be changed. There is a metamorphosis taking place. There is a change taking place. Am I talking to somebody right here? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Yakasataita Hasekiando. You see, there is. Oh. Jesus Christ. I think it's only me who is getting excited about this. Let, let, me, let me come down. <laughs> Say, I shall be changed. I shall be changed. Ah, I love the Greek word used there. It's Allah. Allah so. Ah. A double L A S. Yes. Oh. I don't know how they pronounce it. Where's my daughter? No, that, that's Tongani. <laughs> Where's my daughter? You hear me, Papa? What does, how do you pronounce this word here? Alazo. 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 Alasso. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. It means to make different. Someone say make different. Make different. One more time. Say make different. Make different. One more time. Say make different. Make different. So we which are alive, the Bible says well, God shall make us different. Someone say, I will be different. I'll be different. Say, I will be different. I will be different. Say, neighbor. Neighbor. You can see me this way. You can see me this way. But it's only for a short time. But it's only for a short time. Because one day. Because one day. I'll be made different. I'll be made different. <laughs> hey! The Bible says, for this corruption must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So what about, this is a huge difference. When corruption puts on incorruption, when immortality puts on immortality, something that was liable to die, now puts on something that can never die. Something that could be corrupted, puts on something that can never be corrupted. This is a huge change. Someone say, alasso. Alasso. Sito barushkateza. Hey, for when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Say so one day. One day. Death, death shall be swallowed up. Shall be swallowed up. In victory. In victory. Oh death. death. Say with me, oh death. All death. Where is thy sting? Where is thy sting? Oh grave. Oh grave. Where is thy power? Where is thy power? You see now? People are in the grave today. They are locked up in the grave. But a day is coming when you shall ask the question and say, Grave, where is your power? Death, where is your sting? On that day, the Bible says you shall be changed by the resurrection power of God. Someone say, yes. Yes. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. 
Someone say, be steadfast. Be ye steadfast. Unmovable. Unmovable. Always abounding. Always abounding. <laughs> hey! hey. My goodness. Hey, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Never give up serving God. Never give up working for God. Hey, for as much as you know that our, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Someone say, I received that one, my prophet. I received that one, my prophet. I think I can't go any further than this. I've already overloaded you. Powerful. I have overloaded you. So in other words, this change which is coming in front of you should give you joy. Should give you peace. They may cut your body to pieces. They may burn your body in a fire. But a day is coming when that corruption shall put on incorruption. They may squeeze you and squeeze you there. But a day is coming when that corruption shall put on incorruption. When that mortality shall put on what? Immortality. On that day you shall say, Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your power? 